Welcome to the Sharon McLaughlin Show, where confidence is contagious. We will speak about emotional well-being, and we'll also hear stories from women who have pushed through self-doubt and are now changing the world. Each episode will provide you with actionable steps that you can implement today. So come join us, build confidence, and be inspired. Hey, everybody. Today, we have Jessica Persini with us. She is going to be talking to us about confidence as well as emotional well-being. Jessica is a health coach who helps women with emotional eating. So I wanted to have her come on and talk about the confidence, right? We've For those of you out there who want to have a healthier lifestyle, how do you go about it if you've tried multiple times in the past and you just don't have the confidence? You say to yourself, I can't do this. I've tried it multiple times in the past, but I can't, whatever the goal is, be more fit, lose weight, whatever it is. Uh, we, you know, we talk about more weight management than we do about losing weight, whatever is healthy for you. So Jessica, thank you for being a guest on our show today. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be having this conversation with you. I am as well. I reached out to you because I saw you on social media and I thought that this would be a good topic. So let's jump right into it. A woman or man, doesn't matter. Most of the people who follow me are women say to themselves, I've tried multiple times to get where I want to be more healthier. What, why would this be different this time around? What would your advice be? I, I truly believe that we have to take a different approach to get different results. And when it comes to our relationship with food, if you've tried multiple diets, if you're just relying on nutrition and fitness, I really believe that you're missing a lot of the pieces that truly create true health. Um, I can geek out on like the etymology of words. And if we look at the etymology of healthy, it means whole, W-H-O-L-E. And I really, I believe that all aspects of a person need support and nourishment and, and love and care. Um, so f- nutrition and fitness are just one aspect or two aspects of a person's well-being, but I really believe we also need to take a look at emotional well-being, mental well-being, uh, certain beliefs we have about ourselves and the world. Um, there's just so much more to health and wellness than nutrition and fitness, and and this is especially the case if you're struggling with unhealthy eating habits like emotional eating. Why do you think emotional eating occurs? Why? Oh my goodness. There could be infinite reasons. <laughs> um, and, but at the core, there are some commonalities. So from doing this work for 12 years and from working with hundreds and hundreds and even thousands at this point of clients, I've seen and discovered some reoccurring themes. Um, One of the reasons why I believe that people emotionally eat is because a lot of us are not educated or taught um, what it is and what to do about it, which is why I'm so excited to be here um, because 
the more we know, the more choices that we have and how we can change it. So for today and for those who are listening, emotional eating is using food to deal with things we don't want to deal with, whether that's uncomfortable feelings, even happy feelings can be uncomfortable and people can eat because of that. Um, So for people who emotionally eat, it can look like leaning on food or using food when you're stressed, when you're anxious, when you're scared, when you're overwhelmed, even overjoyed. Um, People can eat as a way to either distract uh, from the feeling that they're feeling, to disassociate from the feeling that they're feeling, um, or to even escape, soothe, or numb the feeling that they're feeling or the experience they're having. Um, so emotional eating isn't so much about how much you're eating, Um you don't qualify for emotional eating if you eat more than five bags of potato chips. Like that's not what makes emotional eating, emotional eating. Emotional eating is about the why and the why are you eating? Um, And particularly the overriding or the silencing of your body's true hunger and satiation levels. When we're not honoring, or we don't even know when we're hungry, or we don't even know when we're full, that's when we can start to enter the land of emotional eating, because usually our eating patterns are dictated by anything and everything besides our true hunger and satiation. Do you think most people know when they're emotionally eating? I do, To some degree, I think there's a large part of people who know they're doing it and want to either deny it or um, kind of avoid admitting that they're emotionally eating because of whatever that means to them. So I got into this work because, you know, a number of years ago, I was an emotional eater for many, many years, and I didn't know it. And I, when I discovered I was an emotional eater, I looked around and I was like, why didn't anyone tell me? Like, why didn't anyone be like, Jessica, you're eating your feelings? Or Jessica, like, that's not a healthy pattern. Or Jessica, maybe you should talk to someone about your relationship with food. Um, so part of my mission is to kind of educate people to know what I didn't get the gift of knowing because if I had known I was an emotional eater, um, I could have saved myself literally years of struggle and strife and stress. And I just could have gotten solutions a lot faster. Um, So part of the denial or discrediting or discounting that emotional eating is going on Part of it is because it comes with a level of shame or embarrassment. And this is especially the case for high achieving women, women who strive for excellence, who are successful in a lot of areas of their life. For those women, it can also be that they're really struggling in their relationship with food and their body, and they don't want to admit it. All right. 
I know that you work with people and we'll get into that. Tell me about the people who are out there listening. What can they do if they say, you know, I go to the cabinets, I get upset, I get stressed, and I find myself in the kitchen, opening up the cabinets, closing the cabinets, going on. And we do this repetitively throughout the day, if you're home, or just running out and, and doing different, like looking for food, but, you know, whether it's going and packing things in your lunch bag. And even though it may be 10 o'clock in the morning, you've already had breakfast, you know, just, oh, I'm going to go into my lunch bag and start eating. That makes me feel better. What's your advice to them? First thing I would say is to acknowledge what you're doing, right? Like we just talked about how a lot of people don't want to admit it, but I think the first step is to simply acknowledge the times that you are. And I'm a big fan of writing things down. I I am like a post-it queen of reminders and lists and things like that. So I would recommend if someone was just stopping me on the street and being like, what can I do? I'd be like, write down the times that you do it and capture any information, any data about what is going on. It's not so important necessarily to capture what you're eating, but really about like where you are, what has been going on in your day leading up to that point, and maybe even how you're feeling, if you can identify it. That right there, as you start to collect the data, like I said, you'll start to notice how frequently it happens. You may even start to be able to highlight some patterns, like maybe you emotionally eat when you go see your family. Um that can start to illuminate some of the things that are going on beneath the surface because emotional eating is a symptom of a deeper problem. It's a it's a symptom that something on the inside is out of alignment. So the first thing that I would recommend is Capture anything that you can about your eating experiences, not from a place of let me judge myself and, and let me criticize myself, but really from a place of curiosity, really from a place of being a student to yourself. And most of all, so you can bring that data to a specialist if slash when you're ready and be like, here's here's what I've collected. Here's what I've seen. What do you what do you see? Um, because that is something that I personally do whenever it comes to my health. Is I'm like doing my homework before I go see someone, even if it's like my primary care. Um, I'm looking at what's working, what's not working. What do I want to bring to this appointment? And that's honestly where I would recommend people begin. Great advice. Now, if people want to work with you, how would they do that? Well, you can come over to home base, which is escapefromemotionaleating.com. And there's plenty more information and resources, free resources over there. 
um, that you can get your hands into. But if you're ready to explore this and have a conversation about potentially working together, you can fill out the application on my website. Uh, it comes directly to me. I'll review it and then I will personally reach out um, if I sense there's an opportunity for us to explore working together and we can sit down and have some time together to really share maybe some of the data you've collected to share, you know, what are your challenges? What are you looking to create? And then I can get a sense of if I can help you and we can also explore programs and things like that. So that's escapefromemotionaleating.com. Thank you. All right. As we head off this episode, give us some words of advice to build up confidence for someone who recognizes that they have emotional eating. So the good news is, is that emotional eating is a learned behavior that can be unlearned. So there's nothing wrong with you. You're not missing a gene just because something, you know, maybe your parents emotionally ate or you picked it up somewhere along the way. It can absolutely change with the right support and the right accountability. Then from there is with when it comes to confidence, Emotional eating erodes our trust with ourselves. Because how many times have you had the conversation of like, I know I shouldn't be eating this, but I'm doing it anyway. If you have multiple of those experiences, what starts to happen is you start to not be able to trust yourself. You're not able to discern the inner voices that are going on in your own head. Um, you start to beat yourself up and be really hard on yourself. And it just really eventually starts to erode the foundation in the relationship with yourself. So if you're looking to build confidence and you're looking to be able to trust yourself, the best playground that you can start playing in is your relationship with food and your body, because ultimately that is a relationship between you and yourself. It's not anybody else's responsibility. It's not anybody else's um, role to tell you what you should and shouldn't do. It really is an opportunity for you to reclaim your power reclaim what is in integrity with you, and also to be willing to change patterns and habits so that you can trust yourself. So you keep your word with yourself so that when you say no, you actually do no instead of saying no and then doing yes. So I really believe that healing our relationship with food is ultimately healing our relationship with ourself, confidence included. And it doesn't matter how long you've been doing it. It doesn't matter where you learned it. And it doesn't matter how bad things have gotten. It can change with the right support and accountability. Jessica, thanks so much. 